0: Welcome to Life Concierge Podcast. Allow me to introduce you to people you can relate to, learn from, and connect with through conversations that are fun, yet grounded in truth, growth, and perspective. I'm your concierge, Sarah Heider. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited for today's episode. It's a great conversation that I had with two amazing ladies, both a returning guest of the podcast and a new guest. In the last year, all three of us turned 30. So we're talking about milestone birthdays and particularly sharing the lessons we wish we knew before we were 30, as well as the lessons we learned in our 20s that we'll carry with us the rest of our lives. Though we all turned 30 this year, I hope this vulnerable conversation around societal pressures and the paths our lives have taken because of the choices we've each made resonates with anyone at any stage of life. We actually had such a great conversation that I didn't want to edit anything out that the ladies shared, so I decided to make this a two-part podcast. In today's episode, we'll be talking about turning 30 and what it looks like in a pandemic, learning to love yourself, and then relearning to love yourself over and over again, and learning to say no for your own health and safety. We do talk a little bit about mental health, so I do want to let everyone know that a great resource is the National Alliance on Mental Illness or NAMI, and you can visit NAMI.org for more information. Let's get to our guests. Morgan Pelt is a social media manager for a Fortune 500 company headquartered in Columbus, Ohio. More recently, she became a first-time homeowner and a new mom, all within six months during a global health pandemic. For fun, she manages a lifestyle blog called Columbus Living, which she started in 2014 and has organically grown to more than 12,000 followers. She uses her platform to connect with the Columbus community while sharing her real experiences of navigating motherhood and womanhood and all things fun throughout the city. She graduated from the University of Cincinnati with a bachelor's degree in communications and a certificate in public relations. Her professional experience includes a decade of work in communications, marketing, and media relations across various industries. She's been together with her husband for 12 years and happily married for four Her passions include supporting women's rights with an emphasis on pay equity and transparency and supporting local businesses, specifically women-owned, Black-owned, and LGBTQ-owned. I'm also excited to welcome back a lady who is no stranger to Life Concierge podcast. Paulette Burks is an experienced corporate social responsibility leader in the Central Ohio community. From working for two national nonprofits to serving as community affairs and philanthropy specialist for a well-known fashion and home accessories brand, she is now continuing her servant leadership as the sustainability specialist at Alliance Data. As a dedicated member of her community, Paulette served as the 2017 to 2019 marketing co-chair for the Columbus Urban League Young Professionals Board. In April of 2019, Paulette earned a Master of Public Administration from Wright State University and now affectionately refers to herself as Master P. When Paulette is not championing causes for women, children, education, and hunger, you can find her with her twin sister brunching in the city. I'm so excited to have these ladies on the podcast. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Let's get started. Well, I want to start out by pointing out the fact that I usually part my hair down the center and I purposely
1: parted it to the side today to be chuggy.
2: I knew you were going to say that. So. Can I please
1: have an honest moment? What is chuggy? So <laughs>
0: am I, am I like old? Like, am I like the <laughs> only that's one here that does <laughs> No, you are, you are not old, but it might be Chugi that you don't know what chugy is.
1: So is it with a B or a G? A G. Okay. It's like C-H-E-U-G-Y.
0: And okay. it's like side parts are chugy. Anything that says, like, live, laugh, love, like, signs with words or, like, mugs with words, um, those are chuggy. Ugg boots are supposed to be chuggy. Um, okay. There were a couple jeans. Of... Skinny skinny yeah, skinny jeans. jeans. How can we forget? Skinny okay. jeans are definitely chuggy.
1: Where did this, like, phrase come from? Like, is it a play on words or...
0: You know, I actually don't even know that there's like a background of it. I think that someone was just like, that's what it feels like. It feels chuggy or something. It, there's gotta be some kind of like breakdown of it. I think TikTok is what brought chuggy on cause it gave uh, Gen Z a lot of power. So we're gonna take Not the power that. back. We're bringing the Love power it. back in being <laughs> chuggy for sure. So Paulette and Morgan and myself all turned 30 in the last year, which is like kind of crazy to say, right? And all of our birthdays were during the pandemic, which is super unfortunate. However, it's still a milestone that we have to celebrate. I kind of feel like the milestone feels less big, probably because of the pandemic. I still was lucky enough with my birthday this summer, I got to have more of a birthday party than I would have imagined, but it still feels kind of downplayed or maybe like we're just more grateful to be alive or something. I don't know. It didn't (laughs) feel as like, Oh my God, I'm 30. I'm, I'm freaking out. But I want to know with you ladies turning 30, what were those like last month's days of 30? Like what kind of headspace were you in? Were you freaking out or were you excited? What was it like?
2: Um, I, this is Paulette and I think I, I was before I got to the, the month before I was freaking out and, and I think I was also sad because I planned on, you know, celebrating in a big way and going to Cabo and just doing it up and, and trying to like have one last huge memory in my last year of my twenties. Um, and so I, I really just wasn't too excited about my birthday. Um, one, because I just couldn't celebrate the way I, I thought I was going to. And then two, I was just I was like, oh my God, I'm turning 30. And there's so many things that I haven't accomplished that I thought I would have accomplished um, by this age. Um, so I just didn't feel like making a big deal about it. Um, I ended up doing a photo shoot with my boyfriend. He's a photographer. Um, so I think that was exciting. That was fun. It made me feel sexy. It made me still feel fly, even though I knew I was turning older. Um, but yeah, I I just didn't do anything too major.
1: Yeah. Morgan, what about you? Yeah. So I was nine months pregnant right before I turned 30. So, I already knew that I wasn't going to be doing anything to elaborate just because I was going to be a month in postpartum, and I actually celebrated my 29th birthday, which was a month before the pandemic last year in Mexico, and so I really felt like my 29th birthday was like my 30th celebration. When 30 came around, it just was something that was like, hey, it's happening, I don't really have too much to look forward to. My birthday's in the winter. I turned 30 in February. But I would say the biggest blessing was just becoming a mom. Like that was my primary focus. And I would say, similar to Paulette, career wise, I thought that I would be a lot further in my career. And I right now am making some pivotal moments that I'm really excited for. And this is like me hitting 30 and being a couple of months into it. And I'm starting to see kind of this shift from my passion and my career becoming synonymous with one another. And that's really exciting for me. But the big celebration, I would say the 90 and 91 babies sort of got screwed a little bit. I feel like we need to celebrate in 2022 again and just kind of have this ginormous celebration of doing some traveling or doing the things that, you know, we were looking forward to most. Um, but I would say we also have the entire, you know, decade to celebrate. So I'm really excited to be in my 30s. Yeah, when the milestone hit, it wasn't anything too crazy. But um, I would say that I definitely am looking forward to this decade and, I mean, turning 30 in general. I mean, similar to the sediments. It just was what it was.
0: Yeah, I, I'm totally right there with you. I think by the time my birthday came around, because I had my 29th birthday in the pandemic also. So this was my second pandemic birthday. And both times, like I said, though, with it being in summer, I got a little bit lucky that I did get to be with friends a little bit more. Um, But I feel like I was just sort of numb because, you know, it's so hard to celebrate the way that you want to when you're going through so much with the pandemic going on. And my birthday is early June. So it was really when things were starting to Open and um, it was exciting, but also like a little bit scary at the same time. I felt like I I was very surprised. I didn't feel some sort of societal pressure of oh my gosh I'm not married by thirty. Oh my gosh I'm not having kids by thirty, which is weird because I feel that more on a day to day basis usually. But for whatever reason, leading up to thirty, um, it didn't really scare me too much. But the the thing that scared me was just the idea of like never being in your twenties again, kind of thing. Like you'll never go back. Like you'll never be in your twenties again. It's kind of like, there's just certain things in life that are like that, like high school, like you'll, when you graduate high school, you'll never be in high school again. And so that I think was, was the hard part for me. It wasn't like I was just like taking a trip to being 30 and I was going to go back to being in my twenties. It was just over. So that I think was, was the hardest part for me. And I have a, a funny story that the night before, um, the like eve of my 30th birthday, I had dinner plans with a friend that she got stuck at work and we had to cancel last minute. And actually the guy that I was seeing at the time was like, I'll take you out. Like you shouldn't be alone on the last night of your twenties. And I was like, actually, I am going to be alone on the last night of my twenties. And so I had kind of my own little last hurrah of being 20, listened to matchbox 20 while I cleaned my apartment and probably had a glass of wine and watched a Hallmark movie. So that was how I rang in 30 before my friends got here for the weekend. And we did, we did it up pretty good for sure. So I got to, got to celebrate. So I'm happy about that. So I didn't find this website until I was already 30, but there is apparently a website called life in um, that we should have been referencing as we were preparing to go into our thirties. But I think, I think we've got a, a pretty good grasp on it. I'm going to go ahead and pat us on the back a little bit. I think we're doing pretty well, but on this website, I did find an article that is dedicated to things you wish you knew before you were 30 or things you learned in your 20s. Um, So we're gonna go through this list and kind of go through each piece one by one and give our little anecdotes or, you know, nope, still haven't learned that yet. There's going to be a few of those for me for sure. So (laughs) we'll get started on this list. So the first lesson is love yourself and be happy being you.
2: I think I'm still learning to love myself more and more now that I'm getting wiser.
0: That's like a never ending journey, right? And it's a It's a never ending like marathon and a sprint all at the same time. I feel like, cause you have to do it on the day-to-day basis. It's a challenge and it's also like a long-term challenge.
2: Well, and also you like, you're, you, you change, you change and you grow. And so you have to learn to re-love yourself, the new, the new version of yourself. So Mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, ever flowing and changing. So
1: I think that's a really good point, Paulette, because I would have to say, that recently I'm kind of learning to re love the way my body looks and kind of rebuilding some of the confidence that I lost sort of when I came into postpartum and had Aubrielle. And I'll be honest and say like, I look in the mirror, and some days I feel super confident, and other days, I am, you know, messing with my stomach, I'm looking at, you know, stretch marks, I'm looking at, you know, my, my thighs, or a double chin, and I'm extra critical of myself. And then I wake up and I see a beautiful baby girl who absolutely, I can tell loves me and just shoots me a smile or a laugh. And the changes that my body went through to carry her and to bring her into this world just make me love my body even more. The women's body is just absolutely incredible. And I have just become to admire not only my body and the self-love that I'm bringing to just how I'm feeling externally, but also appreciating the differences in how other bodies looked. I think that as a society, there's just this pressure on women when it comes to how we look and I think we not only criticize ourselves, but we compare ourselves to others and how we look in comparison to them. And so I feel like I've not only found happiness and love for myself externally and internally, but then also how I view others. So, I mean, I'm still learning. It's definitely a work in progress. But I'm, I'm definitely falling more and more in love with the fact that I can appreciate everything that our bodies were made to do and the things that our bodies are capable of as women.
0: I think that says so much too about you and where you are in that process that you feel like it's making you love other people more and appreciate other people more because I think it's, you know, it's like the um airplane mask effect or whatever, where you have to, the oxygen, you have to give um yourself the oxygen before you can give it to other people. And so I think some of the most confident people that are confident in themselves are the people who can also see and appreciate the beauty in other people. So, that's awesome. Good for you. I'm glad I know you. <laughs> <laughs> so, for me, loving myself, I think this was sort of my silver lining during the height of COVID of the lockdown um because I was spending all of my time, literally completely alone. And I had to truly learn to love myself. And I had to learn to love hanging out with myself. And now I'm actually kind of at a point where I'm like, I would rather be at home by myself watching a Hallmark movie than out at the bar. Even when I'm scrolling through Instagram and seeing people out and things, I feel like because I've learned to love myself so much more, I'm having way less FOMO. <laughs> and I think too, so much of what I thought was self-love or or just confidence was validation from other people though. So during the pandemic, when I couldn't take pictures of me in my great outfits and get compliments from it because I wasn't going anywhere. I couldn't get any validation from anyone on anything. I had to completely just validate myself and everything that I was doing every day um, to get through. So I think that is definitely my, my silver lining of the pandemic, but again, always a work in progress and that it's not like a checklist either right like it's not like oh like i love myself i'm done it's ongoing always evolving and like you were talking about morgan too the different stages of life the changes that you go through in life you've got to got to work on that it's like a muscle you have to exercise for sure um so the next one is this one i don't like so much it always works out in the end what do you guys think about that one <laughs>
2: That sounds like everything happens for a reason. Like, doesn't it sound like
0: that? That's exactly why I don't like it. Because uh, my, my problem is that I keep having is that everyone is like, it'll all work out in the end. It'll all happen for a reason. Okay, well, I'm ready for my reason. Where is my reason?
2: <laughs> so that's why I don't like this one. <laughs> I will say for this one, um... Well, both of you know that in the pandemic, right, right when I was 29, about to be 30, um, I lost my job because of COVID. Um, they were doing layoffs to, you know, keep afloat. And so um, after, you know, getting two degrees and just being like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm about to be in the prime of my career and being laid off at 29, it's just like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And so I, I feel like I kept hearing people say, you know, it's going to work out. It's, you know, everything's gonna come full circle. Um, there was a reason behind this. And I, I didn't wanna hear that at the time, but um, literally guys, the like four days before my birthday, I got a job offer for a dream role and a dream position with a wonderful company, with an amazing supervisor that I've been learning so much from. And so I think I think I agree with it. It, does, it, 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 it sounds chuggy. But, (laughs) but it is, I do believe that things work out for a reason. And so, um, you know, all those years of school and being a person in in the workforce, I I, I truly believe that, that, that six months of being laid off, I, I, you know, it's time for me to have rest and so that I could gear up for the job that, you know, was coming my way right before my thirties. So
0: I totally agree with it from the accomplishments or career side of things, like I can definitely take that back to being Miss Ohio or to where I'm at in my career now. I definitely think that things work out in the end. I am just waiting for it to work out in my love life. So (laughs) that's why I'm a little bit salty about this one.
1: (laughs) I think Paulette, your story is the perfect example of how it's working out in the end for you. I think that for me, As your friend, you've just been such an example of perseverance and just getting through tough times and challenges and seeing the the positive outlook of what's to come. I think for me, I haven't had the same struggles in the sense of being laid off, but I have been in a situation where I haven't been in the best working environment or I haven't been in a role that I truly loved or in a situation where I feel like I'm being paid what I'm worth. So I've been having, I feel like, a lot of conversations with friends about pay equity and salary transparency. And I will say that I'm starting a new job as a social media manager and kind of pivoting my role from something that I've done with content strategy into this new world that I'm super excited about. And I feel like I've been kind of In a two and a half year slump of just kind of being flexible and being adaptable and going with the flow of what the organization wants and not really being intentional with what I want and what I want to take out of my career and being very strategic with career pathing and not being politically connected in the right ways. And I feel like right now I'm in a moment where it's possibly working out in the end, but it doesn't feel like the end. It feels like just the beginning. So I'm really excited about that. I feel like I've been waiting for so long. I feel like personally for me, um, it's not on the marriage side, Sarah, but it's on the professional development and learning side is getting my master's. I mean, that's something that I've always wanted and I've had in the back of my mind, but I haven't dedicated the time or space to it. So I'm hoping that if it all works out in the end, that... That is something that I can achieve for myself, but we're still working on that. So to be continued, hopefully I'm on another podcast episode in the future and I'll be able to celebrate that one, but we will see.
0: Yes, definitely. And it is, it's interesting. I think everyone always has their things that they're waiting for it to work out. Right. And the grass is always greener.
2: It's not about it working out in the end. It's because it feels like the beginning, like, it doesn't have to be the end. It's not working out in the end. It, it is an, it, a, re, a renewing of, of the next phase of your life. It's the beginning of something new. So I really appreciate you bringing that to our minds because working out in the end, nah, we're, we're going on to new things.
0: I definitely think we have good things ahead of us in our, our 30s and far beyond that too. I'm super excited. All right. Our next one is it's okay
1: to say no. I will say first that I am a natural people pleaser and I am still training and putting into practice learning how to say no. I feel that in my spirit that I want to do everything. I want to be able to take on more than what I can chew most of the time and I want to be helpful. I feel like that's my natural personality. I'm always trying to give, give and give and I would say even after becoming a mom, sometimes I haven't really found that balance with saying no. And I'm still trying to do that. I do think that I've gotten better just because I'm starting to understand more my workload capacity, what I'm able to do. But it's, it's tough. Um, I know it's okay to say no, but it doesn't always feel good saying no. And that's something that I think as if you're a people pleaser, that that is, that can be a struggle. And then also um, one of the things that I've had to deal with is just high functioning anxiety. I feel like I care so much about what other people think of me that saying no sounds like a negative when really it's for the self care of myself. Um, So I'm still working through it, but yeah, saying no, it's, it's not easy, but hopefully um, I'll be better at it in my thirties.
2: Yeah, I think I've been struggling with saying no as well. But I think my my issue is, I know I say no to people, but I don't know how to say no and just let it be the answer. Like, I feel like I have to, I, I owe folks an excuse, like not an excuse, but an explanation of why it's a no. And then you necessarily don't have to do that. Like, no, I can't make it. That's an answer. No in itself is an answer. Um, so I'm still learning how to do that. I think one of the things that I have um, accepted into my life in my thirties, um, is that, you know, I think a lot of times it's easy to tell people who are not your friends or not your family. No. Um, but it's harder to tell the people who are in your life that you absolutely love. No. Um, and so this year in my thirties, I've been practicing self-care by, you know, picking and choosing when I want to be involved in something, whether or not it's family or a loved one or not. Um, i recently had a couple of months ago like just a full stint of putting my phone on do not disturb um so that i can just focus on me because i i i don't know how to tell people no so if i can't if they can't get in contact with me um i i don't have to you know come up with the reasons why i'm i'm unavailable i'm unavailable because i need me time and so um in my thirties, I think I will be more strong and put my foot down and, 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 and tell people no.
0: I think I learned that if someone has an issue with you saying no, or at least like a, not right now, um, maybe that says more about them than it really does about you, um, that they don't have that boundary and maybe they don't have that boundary for themselves either. And so they set that expectation for other people, but I think that's like a boundary three boundary thing. Right. So when I was Miss Ohio a few years ago, which I can't actually even say a few years ago, because it's been six years now. So a few is not even being truthful. But, um, so when I was Miss Ohio, there's definitely this expectation upon you. And one that I truly placed upon myself that you say, you want to be pleasing people all the time. So you say yes to every appearance you're asked to do. You are... You say yes to singing everywhere and doing things that you don't necessarily want to do and and having conversations with people you would rather maybe not be having. Um, But you say yes, because you feel like that's what you have to do. And a little bit more than halfway through my year as Miss Ohio, I actually ended up in the emergency room with an ulcer because I had just overstretched myself so much and stressed myself out about it. But I had just put so much pressure on myself to be a people pleaser, to make people like me, to never disappoint anyone and to never have to say no. And that's just not a realistic standard. And that's one thing that I do think the Miss America organization has done a better job of figuring out is that the modern woman needs to be able to balance things and Miss Ohio is going to show up as as her best if she's like maybe, you know, had some sleep and had time to grab food. So I think the whole self-care movement has been really helpful in in me saying no, too. But like I said, I kind of did have to learn
1: <laughs> the lesson the hard way. Just speaking about saying no, I feel like we saw that front and center during the Olympics with Simone Biles saying no, that she was protecting her peace, she was protecting her mental health, and the same thing with Naomi Osaka. She was saying no to interviews for the sake of protect, protecting her peace and her mental health. And I think that is so important and it just thinking about your story and t- thinking through how you experienced having an ulcer and doing too much with, you know, Miss Ohio, I mean, there was a time where I was wedding planning. I was working on my career. I was, you know, thinking about the next big thing, managing Columbus Living Blog, trying to battle, you know, um, dealing with relationships, dealing with family issues. And I was supposed to be experiencing one of the best times of my life coming from my bachelorette party. And Paulette was actually the host of that down in Dallas. And because I didn't realize how much stress I was feeling, I had a panic attack. 30,000 feet in the air, where the physical symptoms of what was weighing on my mental state expressed itself. It was, I couldn't feel my body, my lips were turning purple, I was going numb, I had to be wheeled out on a, in a wheelchair off of the aircraft and then taken to the emergency room, where they essentially told me that all of my blood work looked great, it was possibly a diagnosis of a panic attack, which I had no idea what that meant. And at the time I was like, well, why can't you just tell me it was a panic attack? And they said that they weren't clinically able to say that I was experiencing a panic attack because that is something that has to be addressed by a psychologist or a psychiatrist. And it was the first time where I really had to take a step back and think about my mental health and protecting my peace. I I still continued to say yes. But every time I start to feel overwhelmed or I start to see, feel the anxiety come out in a physical way, that's when I really need to take a step back. And one of the things that I think our generation does is we, we sometimes don't say no and do nothing and allow others to have an image of our, in, our, in their minds that we're not following through on things. I think that that's one of the things that I absolutely hate is that I don't say no and then I say yes and then I commit myself to something and then I back out last minute. And it looks bad. So that's something I really am happy that you shared your story because that spoke to me in a different way that I didn't even think about. But I mean, mental health is at the forefront. And I think saying no is protecting ourselves.
0: I appreciate you sharing your story, too, because I think it's incredible to hear. I, you know, I haven't heard a lot of people share that they've had similar stories. And so to hear that you went through something similar Makes me feel like we're, we're in it together. So I appreciate that. Uh, All right. Well, this, this is a great segue into this next one. Don't sweat the small stuff. (laughs) I, I think this is an interesting one for me because I think I'm actually, I'm pretty good at not sweating the small stuff too much or even sometimes sweating the big stuff, but it's just because I am like a solution Person, like I'm not gonna sweat it, but I am gonna find the solution like as immediately as possible. But I also think that there's some small things that like only I see that I would sweat about that like no one else would. That sometimes can probably irritate people
2: around me. <laughs> I feel like I take the negative approach to this, and y'all can talk about me if you want to, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> I so for 2021. I told myself, my like line for the year is "I can't be concerned. Like the little things that are bothering you or little issues that need to be fixed on your end or anything that does not really um, have to do with me directly, I can't be concerned because it goes right back to what we just talked about. like I can't be stressed out because of something that you're nitpicking about that I have nothing to do with. Um, so yeah, I, I, I can't be concerned. I'm, I'm not, I'm not stressing over small stuff and y'all don't have to be concerned either.
0: I love that. That's going to be like the title of this episode of this podcast. I yeah. can't be concerned.
2: Okay. And I, I need to, I need somebody like, if you want to like, please send Sarah some like new mantras for me. Cause I need a new one for 2022. Um, I don't know how I'm gonna top, I can't be concerned, but if you have any new ones, please DM them to her and she can get them to me. Or you can follow me on lookalike, it's look underscore underscore alike on IG and send them to me as well. (laughs) So I
1: will piggyback off of you, Paulette. So I don't know if you remember this, but in high school, we had a global history class with professor, not professor, but um, Mr. Elwood. And one of his mantras was control your controllables because at the end of the day, there are things that are going to happen to you and you, they're out of your control. So just control what you can. And then some of the things that I've always leaned back on when I've experienced kind of don't sweat the small stuff. And when I feel like I'm, I'm overwhelmed or I am sweating the small stuff is I, I lean on prayer in the sense of let go and let God. And then at the end of the day, I, you know, if I feel like I've done everything that I can do, then I say the prayer to myself, hey, God, I've done all I can do. Now I give my problems to you. I'm not a super religious person, but I do practice Christianity here and there. And I feel like I do have a spiritual element in my life. And my Mimo always told me to, you know, just say at the end of the day, if you did everything that you can, then, you know that's it. Like just, just leave it up to God and leave it up to the universe. So I, I love the, the don't slip the small stuff, but at the same time, it's it's hard not to sometimes. So let go and let God.
0: Definitely. And another good segue into our next topic. Um, so the next lesson to learn before you're 30 is that mindset is everything. What do you guys think about
2: this one? I think that goes back to, you know, if you're, if you, if you remain positive, positive things are going to happen. And I, I tell um, my friends and family all the time, like, if they tell me they they're, they're hoping and praying for something or they, they, there's something in their life or heart that they want to happen. I'm, I'm already speaking life into it. So I think mm-hmm. um, your mindset is everything. And if you, I feel like manifestation was like a big thing this year while we were in the pandemic. Um, And so I think, you know, if you think that it's going to happen and you believe it's going to happen and you're going to set yourself up for those things to happen, the mindset is everything. So speak life into it and head in that right direction and just keep chugging along and it will, it will, it will come to pass. Ditto.
0: Yeah. I love, I love this one for sure. And, we've talked about manifesting before Paula. So, and it, it worked. I will say I, I manifested something this year that did come to fruition, but I realized I, I should have added a detail to it. That would have made it actually exactly what I wanted. So that's my new, my lesson from 2021 is to be completely as detailed as possible in my manifesting. Um, but anyway, I am a total mindset lover. Um, I'm, I love learning about different ways to, um, help the mind to help the way that you think to better yourself. Um, so I actually did want to share a few of the resources that I really like that I've used. Um, the first is a book and this is skewed a little bit more towards like love life and dating, but I think totally applies to every circumstance in life, really. Um, And this is a book that my boss, Jess, gave me. um, And we refer to it all the time, both in talking about love lives and in talking about work lives. So like I said, it's totally universal. Um, But the book is called If the Buddha Dated. And it's really interesting, especially if you are a person who um, follows any kind of religion. The author uses all main religions to go through different mindsets and things. So it's really interesting from that perspective. But my big takeaway from that book is all about spirit versus ego. And for me, that especially in in relationships, not friendships so much, but in like romantic relationships, that was an awakening that I had. I definitely was in romantic relationships leading with my ego and not leading with my spirit so my ego being kind of more like my head and my spirit being more my heart and i've found in those moments where maybe i'm like getting heated about something or i'm feeling hurt by something that someone did i'm like okay is this my ego that's hurt or is this my spirit and both are important And kind of can't operate without each other in some sense, but it's just really important to acknowledge like, okay, where is this coming from? Is this hurt because my ego feels hurt or am I genuinely like sad about what has happened here? So that is a a big mindset shift that I've had, um, in the last year. And that's today's episode. Be sure to tune in next week where we'll continue the conversation of ego versus spirit, answer questions submitted to Morgan's Instagram stories, and talk about our favorite quotes and philosophies we're planning on carrying into our 30s. Thank you for listening to Life Concierge Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps, and you won't miss an episode when you subscribe. Catch all the latest from Life Concierge Podcast and follow at Life Concierge Podcast on Instagram. You can also visit the website, lifeconciergepodcast.com to learn more, leave a note, or recommend a topic or guest for an upcoming episode. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.